TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, the snare drums, they signify that it is week 12. Well, I mean, I guess week 12 in games-wise. I suppose it's week about 14 in the college football season. But the Gophers, they're 10-1. and They dispatch of the Northwestern Wildcats over the weekend, a score of 38-22. to The Gophers move to 10-1 and on the season. And with a big match against Wisconsin coming up, they have a chance to be the Big Ten West champion, University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Daniel, our first time talking after the Northwestern game, after we we learned that college game day is coming to Minneapolis for the first time ever, what are your immediate reactions to a, a fairly a fairly concise victory at Northwestern? Well, James, first I want to kick it off by asking if you bought any paint yet to like take your shirt off and paint <laughs> some message on you. I don't so think anyone wants to see TV. that. <laughs> I anticipated that you would be all over that in excitement that college game day was coming. You know, I have been waiting for this moment for you. For, and I mean, realistically, it's hard to say we've been waiting for years because there would have been no real reason for College Game Day to even think to come to Minnesota prior to maybe maybe within the last couple of years. Uh, the Gophers finished strong uh, with the, the final season of Tracy Clay's. Last year, they, they, they just started off so poorly that you just – I mean, you, we weren't thinking about things like this. But this year, this year has been different, and they've really earned the attention nationally that they've been receiving. First 10 wins regular season since 1905. First seven Big Ten win season ever. I mean, just the records that are being shattered this year, it really speaks to the magnitude at which fans should really enjoy this season because you don't see it very often. You look at the Vikings and the Gophers, I don't think I've ever witnessed a season, I haven't, where the Vikings and the Gophers are in this type of a position at the end of the year. and It makes Minnesota football so fun to follow right now, and the Gophers have a chance to really do amazing things here. If they win this game, how does this change the landscape of the program? I mean, it, 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 you're getting into millions of homes through game day. Mm-hmm. You have a shot at possibly playing in the, at least the Rose Bowl. You still have a shot at the college football playoff if you pull off something miraculous in the Big Ten championship game. There's so much at stake in this game, and this is what you play for. Absolutely, and we'll definitely get into that. But I want to I want to touch on last weekend first because you had a game where I think if if and Tanner Morgan did end up playing in this game, he he had a he had a fantastic day. He threw for four touchdowns, only the one interception, but in an over an overwhelming really good effort from him to to gut through that concussion he he made it through the protocol and he was named the starter I believe on Saturday I don't think it was any earlier than Saturday you can correct me if, correct me if I was if I'm wrong there but we had we saw a a really professional effort from the Gophers offensively I thought you had of course Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman both have big days uh Bateman with three touchdowns and and Johnson over well over 150 yards 
And I thought this was they, – they really needed a game like this to to build their confidence up before they, they take on the Badgers in probably – well, no, not even probably. This is the biggest game in, in any of our lifetimes. Yeah, the Northwestern game, I was just impressed with Tanner Morgan's performance. He didn't practice much that week, was very limited, had to pass in concussion protocol. And you watch him, he – he still had some little intricacies that Coach Fleck and Tanner thought maybe could have been better. And you get in a rhythm with that as you practice during the week. So sometimes you lose that. But honestly, it, it's impressive how he throws the ball downfield with such accurate placement. Like on the man-to-man look where Johnson's coming out of the slot and they throw that fade, perfectly placed football. Johnson tracks it beautifully. And then those back shoulder fade, the one to Rashad Bateman in the right corner of the end zone, you couldn't put that ball in a better spot. To, to make that throw, people have no, diffi- no idea how difficult that is. And then the one where he runs and breaks off the out and catches the ball, tiptoes right at the pylon, mm-hmm. makes the play, stretches out. Bateman is just incredible. Like, you see 173 pounds when he arrives here at Minnesota, up to 201 heading into this season. You see the, the development as a route runner, his ability to garner attention. Teams have to decide how they want to defend Minnesota right now. Do you bracket cover Johnson or Bateman and then give a one-on-one to either one of them? I don't know. Like You have to make a decision about how you're going to defend a balanced attack with talented skill guys on the perimeter and that's helped the Gophers offense thrive and Tanner Morgan's executed at an extremely high level he's efficient he doesn't make mistakes he just has that mojo that you need at the quarterback position and I want to briefly touch on this as well because I I think everybody who saw that game, they were really impressed with how the offense played, especially when you didn't know if you'd have Tanner Morgan going into that game. But I I think uh, some Gopher fans might have been caught off guard when uh, fourth-string quarterback for Northwestern, Andrew Marty, comes into the game. And he's he's a different look compared to what Northwestern's put on tape all this year. And the Gophers seemed a little caught off guard. He he had the ability to to a uh, dual threat guy. He he can run. He can pass. And uh, he it seemed like they he at least caught the Gopher defense a little a little flat footed in that retrospect. Yeah, they had to adjust on the fly. I mean, totally different from terminology standpoint when you're looking at the zone read game and Andrew Marty's ability to run. Got to set the edge better. They just weren't tackling very well, and they weren't playing the disciplined football that we're used to. And I thought as the game progressed, they were trying to make that adjustment and and do some of the things they needed to against the zone read thing. I mean, you have to hold the edge against that type of offensive set, and they had some trouble doing that. I thought Marty played really well. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, where the heck you been with with Marty? Like, he got the (laughs) ball out quick. Yeah. Good decisions. He was throwing to the hash confidently, which is a throw that you have to make if you want to be a legitimate quarterback. I honestly was impressed, and I think he has a lot of questions to answer because the Gophers' defense, they had to make an adjustment there, and Hunter Johnson, they had him schemed to perfection. It was like, okay, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to blitz, and it worked perfectly. It's just when they made that little tweak, brought in a new quarterback, started to run more zone read. Uh, it wasn't as effective, but you got to tackle and you got to play discipline this week 
to knock off Wisconsin. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get into the the Wisconsin matchup because that's uh, of of course gonna take up uh, a majority of what we're gonna be talking about today. But I wanna I wanna bring I, I wanna bring it to light how these two teams got here, how exactly the Badgers are are going to be playing the Gophers, and the winner of that is going to be moving on to to. More than likely play. Well, no, I think at this point, it, Ohio State is is the Big Big Ten East champion, correct, at this point? Yes, they are. So it, you're going to meet the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship. The winner will. Okay. And so I want to I go over a little bit just how these teams got here. Of course, um, let, let's talk about a little bit about Wisconsin. They, you know, the, other than them, other than Wisconsin and Minnesota, the, the, the rest of the West, a little bit mediocre. I think a lot of people had – uh, peg Nebraska as a team to watch in the West this year. They're just at this point trying to uh, to win win next week to um, get themselves bowl eligible at this point with only five wins on the season. Can can you stack up the West a little bit and as to how these two teams got here and 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 why there aren't any other contenders that we've seen so far? Here's the thing that's kind of crazy to me is how similar these teams build built their rosters and and. They run their offense. So you look at time of possession for Minnesota, they value that. They want to control the clock. They want to pick up a lot of first downs, and they want to play efficient, disciplined football, not taking penalties, things like that. I watch Wisconsin's games, and you see that. You see two teams that are going to meet that are top ten in time of possession. So Wisconsin has built their, their roster with the physicality, the the hard, classic Big Ten football mentality, and that's what the Gophers had to get to. But they've finally paired it up with that explosive passing attack. And you look at the rest of the Big Ten, I don't feel like anyone's had an answer for the the dynamic weapons, specifically that Minnesota has with Bateman and Johnson and Ottman Bell, and then you got the three backs. And you look at Wisconsin with Jonathan Taylor, you've got someone who is going to go down in the record books as one of the greats to play running back at Wisconsin is in the hunt for the Heisman Trophy, has improved his versatility. Iowa, they played a tough schedule this year. You see how they lost a lot of close games early on. And Mm -hmm. Minnesota going down there and losing the game is a tough matchup. I mean, Iowa this year, they've had to play the toughest schedule probably of anybody in the Big Ten West, and that's the big difference there. And then you see everybody else. Illinois is starting to build their program. They're slightly on the rise. Purdue, they're very young. You look at that Bryson Hopkins stat, they went such a long time without someone that wasn't a freshman scoring a touchdown. So uh, you just see them needing to build their roster, and then Nebraska didn't live up to the expectations. I mean, they're still trying to build a culture there, and with Martinez getting hurt and just not really clicking at all this season, especially defensively, and then Northwestern had one of the worst uh, – offensive attacks in the country because they just simply don't have the receivers so you see wisconsin and minnesota they play a brand of football that is successful in the big 10 west do you do you view iowa as being right there with minnesota and wisconsin it just has to do with their schedule that that held them back this year i mean obviously it's it was more about when they played michigan and i think Michigan hadn't yet figured it out, but they used that Iowa victory to kind of move themselves forward, and now to a point where there's there's thought that they can even play with Ohio State with this weekend, which would make things very interesting, especially if you're talking about college football playoff implications. But would you would you view Iowa as, as right there with with uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin? 
Absolutely. Honestly, Iowa's future, you see some of the young players that they have, especially when they played Minnesota. I was impressed. I thought they play that same type of football, but they really, really emphasize the physicality up front on the defensive line. They recruit those athletes with length and athleticism that cause a lot of disruptions. So you see that physical edge. To me, it's Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. They're in that tier. And then there's that middle portion where it's probably Illinois, Purdue, and Nebraska, where you have teams that have shown flashes, still young, but Illinois, they're, they're probably always going to be in that middle tier. Nebraska, they're hoping that the culture flips and they can get up into that top three. And then Northwestern, one of the biggest fall-offs you're ever going to see mm-hmm. because they won the Big Ten West last yeah. year, flip all the way down to the bottom. And it, it, it's wild how, it, honestly, the, the wide receiver position wasn't recruited well, and the quarterback room just never really progressed because of injuries. And even at that, when they had their full stable, those quarterbacks didn't look ready to play. No. So, honestly, it's Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa at the top of the tier for the next few years, and we'll see what Illinois and Purdue and Nebraska do with their programs because they're defining moments in the next few years as they continue to build recruiting classes. I know you're ready. We're, we're going we're gonna to get into the Minnesota-Wisconsin matchup right after this. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. I feel like I didn't introduce Daniel House uh, correctly, so I, let, let me let me take some time to do that now. Daniel House, you can follow him on Twitter, at Daniel House NFL. By the way, I'm James Murphy. You can follow me and all my musings at Murph underscore MN. Daniel, I know you're ready for the meat and potatoes of this, so let's just get right to it. Minnesota wins on Saturday if... It all comes down to the defensive game plan, slowing Jonathan Taylor. I've been doing some deep diving on Wisconsin, and what really amazed me was the stat by College Football Stats Online. 32% of Jonathan Taylor's runs have resulted in a first down. So that's 84 of his 261 attempts. So you see a guy that you have to swarm to. You have to load the box, most likely play single high, and man up on the perimeter, trust your cornerbacks to cover Wisconsin's receivers, which I think is possible. Last year, the scheme was, okay, we're going to put seven, eight guys in the box, and we're going to force Wisconsin to throw the football to win this game. And then they were successful at stopping Taylor. They sent a lot of pressure on third down and, and second and long situations, and that caused one turnover off a of coverage disguise and things like that. So, To me, the big thing is stopping Jonathan Taylor and getting Wisconsin in those long down situations. One of the other things that stands out to me, turnovers. Wisconsin committed four turnovers against Purdue. They're averaging a takeaway, a giveaway and a half per game. They're 60th in turnover margins. So for me, if you can create a turnover right away and set the tone, maybe pick up points off of it, The team that starts fast is going to win this game. We talked about it earlier, the time of possession, first downs, 
running the football. Each team has a 60% plus rush rate this season. So I see two teams that on paper, analytically, and all the key metrics match up very similar on paper. So the, the team that can take away the weapons will win. Like if Minnesota can shut down Jonathan Taylor, they're going to win. If, if Wisconsin can find a way to slow the passing attack, they'll make it a lot more difficult on Minnesota, especially if the conditions are uh, inadequate with some snow and uh, wind. And something I think uh, Gopher fans should look for is it, obviously what what comes hand-in-hand hand with, with stopping Jonathan Taylor, he does have a fumbling problem. It's well-documented, especially prior to this year. This year he's he's figured it out a little bit better. I know he had the big fumble against, uh, against Illinois, and that's what led them to get back into the game and ultimately upset uh, Wisconsin in Illinois, but he has a, a pretty drastic fumbling problem, one to where that that can definitely be something that ends up turning the tide in this game if, if, if the Gophers are looking for something uh, in their favor. But you mentioned it, Daniel, and I want to come back to this too. The Gophers have to rely on what brought them here. The, Go- or the Badgers are going to. They're going to feed Jonathan Taylor because that's how they've succeeded. That's why he has 1,600 yards this year and 18 touchdowns. But what the Gophers need to do is they cannot shy – and so far they have not. Give them credit for this. They have not shied away from from keeping their receivers involved, not falling in love with the run, especially when they're leading if they do get out to a lead. They have got to uh, take advantage of where the matchup suits them best, and that is attacking a defense down the field with the passing game as well as short in the slant game. They need to find a way to not – especially if the weather is going to be a concern, which we're seeing it might be, they have got to keep the receivers involved with the offense. Well, yeah, and you look at the Wisconsin secondary, one thing worth noting is all the injuries that they had. So they started the year out, safety Scott Nelson. He suffered a season-ending injury. So they turned to uh, Reggie Pearson, who is having shoulder trouble now. He had to exit the game for a little while uh, against Purdue. Colin Wilder, who was in relief of him, was ejected for targeting, so he'll miss the first half of the game. And then Fan Hicks, cornerback, he had a head injury in the second half that's worth monitoring. And then two other cornerbacks, Eric Burrell and Rashad Wildgoose, they both had – I watched tape back, and I thought they had something wrong with them. They looked like they maybe got hurt, and they went to the sideline, missed a few plays. It's something to keep an eye on that there's a lot of injuries. They were relying – on a true freshman playing safety at the end of that football game. So if Minnesota is able to exploit them through the air, be dynamic there, I'm, I'm amazed at how Wisconsin's rush defense analytically, Minnesota's played Iowa and Penn State, two of the top uh, most efficient run defenses in the country. Wisconsin comes in at 33 and expected points added, so that's the efficiency of their rush defense. But the thing that stands out to me is their opponent rushing play explosiveness is 107th out of 130 teams. So you see they are giving up a lot of explosive rushing plays, and it's been since that Illinois game where they've over-pursued some stuff, they haven't tackled well, edge contain has been lost on a lot of different plays. I feel like Minnesota's outside zone scheme is going to be real successful in this matchup just because of watching the themes on tape of, of Wisconsin. So you see the ability to play balanced offensively. That's the big perk that you probably have over Wisconsin is the fact that 
it's very hard to defend Minnesota, where if you can slow Jonathan Taylor, I feel like you're in a position to win the football game. Are they? Do you, do you see them selling out to do that? Where you're you're sticking not, uh, eight, maybe even nine people in the box to try to try to stop Taylor? Is that is that something that you feel like you can do against Jack Cohen in this Wisconsin passing offense, or do they need to be wary of that as not to uh, allow themselves to give up big plays down the field if you decide to hit a play action in the in the right spot? Yeah, I think they're going to bring quite a bit of pressure when they get in the long down situations. I'm curious to see how they really. Scheme. They really scheme this game. I, I don't know. It's there, there's going to be adjustments made by both teams, James. And and I just see on paper how Minnesota's play action game and their RPO look could give Wisconsin a lot of trouble. I I, I believe that Minnesota's efficiency in those early downs are going to be really important because if you're in a spot that you're in a long down situation, Wisconsin's going to unleash with their front seven. So to me. There are a lot of variables at play here, but you're going to try to do, again, coming back to it, do what you do best, and that's going to put you in a position it has gotten you this far. You just have to execute and not make mistakes and try to create a couple takeaways that you can take advantage of. It was the difference in last year's game. I mean, I believe it was like 24 points off uh, turnovers in the last matchup that the Gophers won the in Madison. So turnover margin is a big reason why teams win and lose. Absolutely, and and yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the yardage in that game, Wisconsin out outgained Minnesota by quite a bit, and it was because of those turnovers. Alex Hornerbrook with with I, I think he had three or four interceptions that he threw, and that's basically the reason the Gophers won that game, and as well as some 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 key runs in certain spots. That was the reason they were able to open it up, and 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 Wisconsin just couldn't get anything going because of the turnovers. So you're you're absolutely right, and that's that's kind of why I brought up Jonathan Taylor and his fumbles. You're not having the same sorts of issues that Hornerbrook showed, showed last year with Jack Cohen. Jack Cohen's been a lot a lot safer with the ball, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And and th- I want to bring this up to you too, Daniel. We we were so intrigued by where the Iowa uh, the Iowa and Minnesota game opened in Vegas. I want to bring this up to you too. Um, Wisconsin Minnesota Wisconsin I believe opened uh, early lines was at three and a half. Immediately that was bought back to like two. Uh, uh, Wisconsin as two-point favorites. Now it's starting to settle right back at three. I see in my personal degenerate uh, sports book that it's sitting at three, uh, minus three at Wisconsin right now. What do you think about that line? And, and it does it show that that after the Iowa game especially, there's still a little bit, a little bit of hesitant, hesitancy coming from Vegas shown towards Minnesota? I just think this is such an evenly matched game, James. When you look at all the key metrics, and everything, Wisconsin, their 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 basic advantage is really on defense in a couple spots. Offensively, Minnesota's 12th overall, Wisconsin's 13th. Defensively, uh, Minnesota's 15th and Wisconsin's 9th. But the pass defense is just equal. Wisconsin's 7th in pass defense, Minnesota's 6th in pass defense. Rush defense, Wisconsin's 33, Minnesota's 65. So, to me, I see a lot of similarities in how these two teams play, and I feel like Vegas is taking that into account when they're building this line analytically. You look at S&P Plus, it's about two points. So, that two-point line, I honestly felt like that was pretty accurate. And the fact that it's at home, if you're betting, it's something that could totally flip the script because I feel like the atmosphere is going to be so charged up, especially with game day and 
all that's at stake. Minnesota fans have waited their whole life to see something like this. I don't know if you saw as well, but the Gopher, uh, the Gopher Sports account made sure to tweet it out. Wisconsin actually uh, gave back 600 tickets yeah. to Minnesota, and I I was so intrigued by that. Because I mean, and and it's always been a thing because this game traditionally does fall on the weekend after Thanksgiving. So I I know just from my my own um, past of going to I, I I always like to go try to go to Wisconsin if this game was played there, and it's a little bit light. I mean, I, especially for the students, I remember it was a little bit light, but. For them to not even sell all of their tickets, what is what does that tell you? I was very surprised about that, but with deer hunting taking place yeah, that in Wisconsin, too. you have that variable with Thanksgiving. A lot of people are out of town traveling to other people uh, that live in other states. So Minnesota has to capitalize upon the fact that they have this game at home. You have to create an advantage. And if this game was played in Wisconsin, that, that line would probably be pretty accurate. But honestly, I feel like Minnesota can win by a touchdown. I, I like the matchup through the air, and I think deceptively people don't really realize that this rushing attack with this outside zone scheme and the way the offensive line has adapted with that, there's a chance that Minnesota could create a lot of explosive plays. I haven't been particularly impressed with Wisconsin's defense most notably the past two weeks against Nebraska and Purdue, there's been a lot of explosive plays, and the, the numbers really reflect that. So I'm fascinated. I can't wait to watch the game. The next four days are going to go by really slow. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and it's it's – you you mentioned it. It's it's this is a this is a not not even just with Gopher football. Minnesota football hasn't hasn't had like two teams like this with the Vikings and the Gophers that you're following every single week because it's it's they're they're in it and and this is the. This is this has the chance for for the Gophers to we can we can get into this right now because I've been waiting I've been waiting to to do this the whole <laughs> podcast. If the Gophers win this game. You're almost guaranteeing yourself a trip to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. You are keeping alive your college football playoff hopes, although slim. I mean, I, I feel like if if you beat an undefeated Ohio State team, they're going to have to consider you. They're not going to be able to just put four teams ahead of you without really thinking about it. And not not even just that. You're, I think the biggest of all, you're finally getting this Wisconsin monkey off your back that has been there for for 14 was it 13, 14 years where they they would beat you every single year, and now finally after after winning last year, taking the axe, which was fantastic, you have a chance to really almost pass the torch from Wisconsin to Minnesota as we are the best team in this division. I look at what's at stake, James. Axe, overall lead in the series. It's tied at 60-60-8 mm-hmm. right now. If Minnesota wins. They take the series lead back over. Big Ten West Championship. Qualify for the Big Ten Championship game. Keep your college football playoff hopes alive. Give yourself a shot to go to Indy and play Ohio State. You never know what can happen. If you win that game, do you get to the college football playoff. You've got full reps from the Rose, Fiesta, and Orange Bowl here, according to Doogie. I mean... The, the national attention the Gophers are going to get over the course of the next three weeks, no matter what happens, is unbelievable for the program. I keep coming back to that college game day coming here. Game day is averaging 1.9 million viewers per show. 
It's the second highest rate of the entire college football game day on ESPN that they've ever had. So you're having more eyeballs on the University of Minnesota and go for football than you've ever had before. And that's fantastic for recruiting. It's like having a million recruiting visits. You don't know whose eyeballs are going to see P.J. Flack or the storylines that the Gophers have in the campus and things like that. So it's not only the magnitude of this game, but the exposure. And if they win it, they open the door to do some things that people have been waiting a lifetime for. Rose Bowls and things like that. They don't come around very often. So Gopher fans just need to enjoy this, this last few, these last few games and embrace the fact that you have this moment here for you because it's something that fans have wanted for a very long time. Yeah, and I mean you can you can tell people are excited. They've already, I believe, they've already announced it is is a as a sellout. Correct on Saturday, it's it's already a sellout. Is that right? Yes, it's a sellout. We'll see where the game day location is. I'm hoping they do it on Northrop. Some people want it by the stadium, but I just feel like Northrop is an excellent spot. It showcases the iconic aspect of campus. When I went to school there, I always loved that area because it just showed the history of the school and is one of the best spots on campus. So I'm hoping that they showcase that and and give give the fans and a shot to showcase what the University of Minnesota is all about. But you you mentioned it. It's the fact that uh, the, the the showcase has never been bigger. I and I I know a lot of people were bummed out when um, it wasn't game day wasn't here for undefeated Penn State versus undefeated Minnesota. But aren't aren't you? Isn't it kind of better that we waited? Because I feel like this is really gonna be. I mean, th- this is the penultimate game. This is the the end of the season. Winner goes and plays uh, in the Big Ten Championship game, and the loser, they get what bowl they get. And with everything on the line, rivalry game, uh, potential college football playoff implications, I, I'm so happy that it, it's being wrapped up in this college game day national spotlight sort of package that, that we, we, we really never even experienced before. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what you're trying to create. P.J. Fleck came here and he said, hey, we are going to make this program go up to heights that it's never been before. It's going to be nationally featured. It's going to connect people everywhere. And to see what P.J. Fleck has done with this program in a short period of time, I, I, I can't believe that we're even talking about this right now. I thought that this year would be successful. I think we both did. But to have the opportunities ahead of them that they do, uh, it, it's it's what makes college football fun to watch because you have all the storylines, you have the student athletes and the things that are going on in the classroom and in the community, and then that all connects together with the with the football program. And PJ's done a tremendous job of connecting those two things. So, no matter what happens, the future of the program is extremely extremely bright. Daniel, I, I know you're going to be in the press, press box for that game. I'm actually going to going to attempt to go as a fan, so we'll see how that goes. I'll I'll try to behave myself, but no promises. I know you're you're going to have a lot of stuff um, coming up to the the to kick off on on Saturday at two thirty. Uh, what what do you have in the works, and and where can the listeners find what you have to say? Well, I just crunched a bunch of numbers today. Watch a game back from Northwestern and actually spent some time looking at last year's game against Wisconsin and a couple other Badger uh, games. So I'm going to be posting a story with some of the keys and how they could maybe slow Jonathan Taylor down, the approach that they could have offensively, how the weather could impact the game, 
things like that. So we'll have every angle of this thing covered. Don't worry. You can go out to at Daniel House NFL on Twitter and keep up with all the content. Beautifully stated. As I as I mentioned, Daniel will be your uh, your guy up in the sky during the game. I'll 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 maybe have some views from uh, from field level, but we'll see as as Saturday approaches. Well, it's been a it's been a really fun season. We're we're gonna be back though, of course. We're gonna be back, win or loss. We'll break it all down. Uh, look for that possibly Monday. We've been liking the Monday stuff, so we're we're gonna keep going with with Monday till they tell us not to. Uh, for Daniel House, he's at Daniel House and. NFL on Twitter. I've been James Murphy. Again, you can find me at Murph underscore MN. Gophers play the Badgers. Winner plays Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. We'll talk to you later.